Hello, everyone. Welcome to RNHA News Radio. Tonight, our guest is Joey Tiano. He's running for New Mexico State Senate. Welcome, Joey. Well, thank you, Robert. Thanks for having me. Can you tell our audience who may not be as familiar with you a little bit about your background and what motivated you to run for uh, New Mexico State Senate? Okay. I'm a fourth generation Santa Fean. I'm a New Mexican for New Mexico. Um, I graduated from high school from Santa Fe High. I went to UNM, University of New Mexico, and New Mexico State University. And then back in 1982, I was. Uh, accepted into the New Mexico State Police Academy. I, I graduated from the State Police Academy and was commissioned by Governor Bruce King and uh, worked down in Lincoln County as a state police officer. Um, in 1989, I uh, left New Mexico and I went to Las Vegas, Nevada, went through another academy, graduated from the Las Vegas, Nevada Metropolitan Police Academy and worked for Las Vegas Met, um, Metropolitan Police Department for a few years and then uh, I, I returned home and uh, I came back home in uh, um, 1991 and I was one of 32 applicants for one position for the Los Alamos Police Department and I got hired on with Los Alamos where I was there for 16 years I retired as a senior crash investigator and uh, I was also a child safety seat technician and retired as a sergeant. Um, and uh, I now, um, as far as uh, making my money, uh, I do get my I do, I do get my retirement, and I also uh, work as an independent associate for Legal Shield and ID Shield, and I help people and uh, employees with their uh, with their legal and identity theft benefits. Um, in, in 2019, I attended a rally at the New Mexico State Capitol for late-term abortion, and I'm definitely pro-life, and I, I could not believe that they were trying to push through a law that would actually kill a baby, even if it survived after birth. And while I was there, I, I also witnessed the... Uh, the leftists that were in power go through 1.3 billion dollars that was in the coffers in just 30 days and then they gave us another law with our highest tax increase in the history of the state and they also uh, gave us our highest spending increase in the history of the state um, they also tried to push through um, um, many uh, gun laws that would definitely violate our for our Second Amendment constitutional rights, and uh, after after witnessing what they did to us in 2019, I could not just sit back and do nothing. You know, lots of people sit and complain, but they do nothing about it. Well, I figured if I was going to complain, I better step up and and at least run for one of these seats to take out a very leftist that is holding the. The District 39 seat, as we currently speak. That is an impressive background drawing. I agree with that 100%. Let's talk a little more about uh, New Mexico specifically and why pro-life legislation is so key in New Mexico. 
Well, right now, New Mexico is the most radical, most radical pro-choice state in, in the United States. Our governor didn't even shut down its borders to, to people coming here to kill their babies. She shut everything else down and destroyed our economy, but she had to, had to uh, keep the abortion clinics open so that they could, they could keep on making money and keep on killing babies. And, uh, you know, our Constitution talks about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And I'll tell you, those babies that are murdered in their mother's wombs, I'll tell you, they, they, they get violated on all, all those aspects. Well, we're going to hear this a lot more in the election. Uh, one of the um, more common pro-choice arguments is it's my body my choice why is that not true when we're talking about abortion in the right for a fetus to live well it, i agree with it's it's the woman's body and it's her choice but the problem is that woman now has another body inside her body it's not her body anymore there's another body in there that has rights that has feelings that get that should have the ability to be born, grow up, and live a life the way they choose to, especially a you know an American an American well any baby actually, but any baby should be able to be born and live their life freely. So it's not just her body; it it's now another body, and that that other body should have the rights as the same as we do. Okay, let's shift gears a little bit. What is the state of New Mexico during COVID-19? What's going on in your district right now? We are pre pretty much completely shut down. I've talked to many business owners. They are hurting. There's a bunch of business owners that claim that they will not ever open their doors again, thanks to what Wuhan Luhan um, has done to them. I, and I know that the leftists are going to go out there and claim it's President Trump's fault when it's the governors of the state, may they be Republican or Democrat, that inflicted this pain on their people. And uh, there's, there's states that are opening now. I just returned back from Texas. We were able to go out to dinner and, and eat dinner. And yes, the restaurant, every third table was occupied. And uh, they were taking precautions and more precautions than you would ever see with uh, um, at Walmart or Home Depot or wherever. And, um, you know, we should never have ever closed a single business in this state. We should have set rules, not rules, but we should have set up um, parameters as to how to protect ourselves and protect um, our neighbors from the, the virus. I'm not, I'm not saying getting them downplaying the virus at all, but I'll tell you right now, it's the cure was much worse than the virus. Now you, you specifically mentioned your governor has closed the economy down. 
I know there are a lot of Democrats that have issued some pretty radical uh, policies during COVID-19. In fact, I did an article just this week on Gavin Newsom in California giving uh, stimulus checks, or I should say state stimulus checks, to illegal immigrants. What type of policies are is the uh, governor implementing in the wake of COVID-19 in your district? Well, the governor, the governor here in New Mexico seems to be standing in line with Gavin Newsom. And he, he, she's also standing in line with other radical leftist governors throughout the United States. She just extended from April 30th to May 15th, um, or shut down. She, uh, she did come out a day or day after, I think it was a day after, and, you know, kind of became a little lenient on one or two little aspects, but it was just kind of, uh, you know, a little, little treat to uh, try to ease the pain. And it's still, it's, I mean, the governor has uh, illegal orders out there. Her orders are not laws. And, uh, you know, we believe the governor's breaking the laws and we, we're asking Attorney General Barr to step in and sue the governor and our Attorney General and our Secretary of State and, and let them know that they are violating the constitutional rights of American New Mexicans. And I'm here today on this podcast. I'm, I'm asking, I'm demanding that the governor do what she's supposed to do and work for us and not and, and shut down this political game that she's playing along with the other leftist governors around the United States. Our state has not even come close to suffering, suffering like any, any of the others. But she's going to make a, a small store in a small town out in the middle of nowhere shut down just like she's going to make, make a store here in, a, in Albuquerque or in Santa Fe shut down because of how, you know, the population and how she thinks that the people won't, won't uh, honor or um, take care of their, their well-being or other people's well-being. Now, this is interesting. You specifically mentioned that a lot of nonprofits are about to shut down in your area. I mean, I shouldn't say nonprofits, but small businesses are going to shut down in your area because of COVID-19. Just nope. a few weeks back, yeah. Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats in the Senate and the House uh, worked together to obstruct funding from the PPE protection program. You know, the paycheck protection program that Trump was putting forward to specifically help small businesses be able to stay open and pay their workers. How has that affected the people in uh, New Mexico right now? Well, shutting down small businesses causes loss of income, which results in loss of gover government jobs as well as uh, 
as well as other, uh, you know, lots of clients. Um, lots of these small businesses work. Well, they survive either from day to day or from week to week on the income that comes in to, to be able to keep their business doors open and to feed their families. And um, the leftists out in Washington and our, uh, our governor, who stands hand in hand with Nancy Pelosi, has taken on the, I forget the, what the saying is, do not let a good crisis pass and, and don't, don't, don't let it pass without being able to use it. Well, that's what they're doing. They're using it politically. And uh, I think it's very despicable what Nancy Pelosi is doing and because what she does, and she, she did it with the first stimulus package where she ran it up to $2 trillion so that, 20, what is it, $25 million can go to a, a fine arts museum or a, um, I forget what it is, but it, it was ridiculous. It had nothing to do with the, uh, with the virus, but she had to have her little pet projects um, to be to be financed before she would um, vote for the stimulus to help businesses, to help individuals um, keep from going bankrupt and keep from being um, going without food. And and our governor has shut down all our our um, hospitals, and our hospitals have been empty. A hospital here in Santa Fe laid off 300 people because there wasn't enough business going on and because they couldn't do business by doing cancer screening, mammograms, or other other services that they could have been doing, but most of the most of the beds were left empty waiting for these phantom COVID patients. That is terrible. And would it be safe to say that the economic uh, policies during COVID-19 by the Democrats in your state are directly responsible for the loss of economic opportunities in the area? Can you restate that question? I said, would it be fair to say that the the economic policies by the Democrats during COVID-19 is directly responsible for the loss of economic opportunities in the area. There is no other factor other than that, other than that, that has hurt our businesses and our economy and our people in the state. May they be Democrat, independents or Republicans. They know who inflicted this pain on them, and it was Wuhan, Luhan Grisham that inflicted this pain on the people of New Mexico, and we are not going to let her get away with accusing somebody else of it when she it was by her hand and by her political will that she did this to us. And uh, yes, this is exactly what, what has caused all the all the problems in, in this state. We could have handled this without shutting down a single business, without anybody losing their job. We could have taken care of all of everything and not destroyed our businesses and our economy because she wanted to make this a political 
um, football and 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 hurt the people in New Mexico. She's infringing on the constitutional rights of every single citizen, made it from preborn to to all the way to death, and uh, it's it's not right. That's why I'm running for state senate. Let's shift gears a little bit. As you said, Nancy and Pelosi and her are a lot alike. Recently, Nancy Pelosi has announced that she wants to push forth mail in ballots. And we all know how notoriously unreliable mail mail in ballots are, but how would this affect the elections in New Mexico? And what are some concerns you may have about it? My concerns are the governor, the secretary of state, and the Democrat county clerks stand in line with each other and use every single chance they get to steal elections in New Mexico. In 2018, they they swept the board by using illegal harvested votes. And it those those were illegal, but we weren't ready on the on the other side to go out there and contest this. And we just we we took it in the shorts um, by letting them do that. Then all of a sudden this year, our governor wants mail-in voting, and our the state GOP sued her and got it sent to the Supreme Court, the state Supreme Court. There were four. Democrat liberal justices and one Republican justice. After what we saw on on YouTube, because it was the first time it was ever video um, and video of the uh, of a state case on of the Supreme Court. After it was all said and done with, all five of the justices said, "No, we will not allow mail-in ballots." Even the liberal leftist Supreme Court judges voted against that because it violated the Constitution of New Mexico and they also know it violates the Constitution of the United States. So she got a she got a smackdown that day when all five justices concurred that they sh we should not have mail-in ballots. And that is something you don't really see very often often let alone five, you know, Supreme Court judges agreeing on anything. It's very rare that you will have the entire Supreme Court of that state That's right. agree on a topic. So that shows you how bad an idea mail-in voting is. What are some other issues? Because we've talked about them, you know, doing voter harvesting. And I know an issue that's very near and dear to your heart is voter ID. Why is voter ID important, as specifically because of the situation we're in with COVID-19? Voter ID is very important to me because I know how many, I don't know exactly how many, but we've got a lot of illegal aliens in this state being sheltered Um being sheltered by Albuquerque, Santa Fe, and other cities here in in New Mexico, and this is this is okay. This is okay with our Attorney General Hector Barreras. It's okay with our Governor um, 
Wuhan, Luhan, and it's okay with Maggie Toulouse Oliver, our uh, our Secretary of State, who wants to ram down any way they can a way to win every election that they can. Um, harvested ballots, if people don't know, are those ballots that are sent out to registered voters, may they be illegal alien registered voters that signed up at the Smith supermarket and got registered, or those illegal aliens that got registered when we were registering them to vote when they went to go get a driver's license in New Mexico, because at one time they were able to able to um, get a driver's license and register at the same time here in New Mexico. But um, we've got a, we've got a lot of illegal aliens that are that vote by absentee ballot. We've got a lot of dead people out there that are still on the rolls that Maggie Toulouse Oliver will not clear from the voting rolls. We've got, what is a hundred, hundred and something people that are over a hundred years old still voting. And we know that those people, most of those people, I'm sure there's a couple hundred year old voters out there that should still be on the voter ballots, but not a hundred third. There's not 130 people out there that are over 100 years old, and there are some. There's one that's supposed to be 130 years old, and the oldest person in the United in the world right now is 117 that they know about. So, I believe my my bill, if I get when I get elected as senator here in New Mexico, I want to sponsor a bill that is called. Once one legal citizen, one vote, and that what that would do that would not dis, disenfranchise anybody that is a legal citizen of the state of New Mexico. We got we get we have to show a ID to be able to buy liquor. We have to show an ID to go and get our driver's license. We have to show an ID for all kinds of a myriad of of things. But the Democrats say, oh, you're violating somebody's rights and you're disenfranchising somebody by, by requiring them to have ID. Well, they've got ID for something else. I'm sure that they've, they'll be just fine being able to get a legal citizen's ID. My bill would, require, would use technology. I like palm scanning and facial recognition. And anybody, anybody who is registered, would be able to be registered in person at their county clerk's office, or if they can't get out, the county clerk would send somebody out with a, with a laptop and the, and the technology and the equipment needed to take a, spatial, uh, a picture and a palm scan so that that person would be able to, would be able to be researched and we can show that they are a legal citizen and and uh, we're not disenfranchising the rest of the legal citizens votes out there. I would also work like to work with um, our representatives here in New Mexico, the U.S. representatives and the U.S. senators, and hopefully somebody can sponsor a bill in, in Washington that would um, make it a fourth degree felony for an illegal alien to or somebody who's not legally legal to vote to vote in a federal election and 
And if that's the case, if an illegal alien votes, then they lose their right to ever become a citizen of the United States. I think that would shut down illegal alien voting instantly. Also, I'd like to see in that same bill a interstate compact, which, which we have right now between all states for driver's licenses. So if somebody's living in New Mexico, they move to Florida, get a driver's license in Florida. Florida is to let New Mexico know that that person has now got a driver's license in Florida. So New Mexico can, um, can uh, suspend and take, take away that driver's license in New Mexico. So if we have this, we've got the voter ID with uh, palm scanning and facial recognition and the interstate compact will shut down the illegal alien voting. We'll be able to shut, uh, be able to, um, be able to shut down multiple votes. From immigration, so I feel we're going a little long there. But what about the First and Second Amendment rights? These are, these are key issues for the elections in 2020. What is going on in New Mexico with the First and Second Amendment? Well, let's start off with the Second Amendment. Our governor and the leftists in control of the House and the Senate passed a red flag law here in, in New Mexico. It's the most restrictive red flag law in the United States. And it, me as a law enforcement officer, retired law enforcement in 24 years, I can see how this law violates people's First, first Amendment rights, the right to the right to free speech and and also uh, their Fourth Amendment rights and the, that is the right to be secure in their homes from um, so that they the warrants can't be issued against them and that's what's happening our, our red flag law completely violates the First and Second Amendment amendments of American citizens should somebody decide that they want to use this as a use this as a, um, a revenge tool against them. We have um, our red flag law violates absolute due process. What is that? The Fifth Amendment, I think. And we have 33 counties in the, in the state, and we've got 30 sheriffs that stood up to our govern, governor and to our legislatures and said, we cannot enforce this law. And the leftists looked at it as, you will not enforce the law because you don't agree with us. But no, it's not that way. Myself as a law enforcement, a former law enforcement officer, can see how we cannot legally and unconstitutionally um, um, support enforce this law because it violates people's constitutional rights their first their first amendment their violates their second amendment it violates their fourth and fifth amendment there's i mean there's just so many things that it violates and i know it's been abused already in other states and i think ours i don't know if ours has gone into effect yet if it was may 1st or if it's june 1st that it goes into effect, and I'm just, I, I'm just waiting for the onslaught of abuse of this red flag law here in New Mexico. Let's take a step back a little bit. 
because not all of our audience is from New Mexico. What's the process that this law lays out to take away someone's gun? A person, any person can go to a law enforcement officer and claim that another person is a threat to themselves or others. May it be a mental threat or a physical threat, then that officer will file the paperwork and go go get the order from a judge to be able to go into a home and take that person's guns away from them. Okay? That's what that does. That does not let let's say this person is mentally um is a mental threat to themselves or others. What happens with our law is that person is left at home stewing in their juices after their property was wrongly and unconstitutionally, unconstitutionally taken from them. It does not fix the problems. We already have laws on the books that if somebody is a threat to themselves or others, a police officer will go in there and question that person, do an investigation, and determine if that person needs to be taken to pro protective custody and taken to a hospital where they can be evaluated. Their people's due process without hearings and a, is, is absolutely violated in, in this red flag law. There's something else particular I don't think you mentioned. The police officer doesn't have to investigate the claim. So we're talking about due process, but that uh, applies to the judicial aspect of an accusation, whether or not the person was afforded the rights they should be in and have a chance to defend themselves in a court of law. But when you look at this, is the, as you've described it, the police officers are taking an accusation at face value and then they're proceeding to get an order to remove the weapons. So there isn't even a period in which the police can actually investigate the claim to see if the person is actually a danger to themselves or not. They can't investigate whether the person who is making the claim was threatened or if their lives in danger or any of that prior to a judge issuing an order on to confiscate the weapons. Well, New Mexico's red flag law, they at the very last couple days of running this through and ramming it down the people, the New Mexicans throats, put in a, a part of the law that would hold the police officer, him or herself, liable if something went wrong um, if something went wrong. So that kind of forces or pushes the police officer to not go out there and investigate it and just go and get the order and, and violate these people's rights for due process and also um, um, confiscation of their, of their personal property in violation of our constitutional rights. This is, I think, is a huge issue because it automatically presumes the person is guilty. Exactly. And the presumption of innocence is so key to a fair trial in the United States. That's right. So even, 
and I'm sure you worked in law enforcement for a long time, you probably know this, but if this went to trial, most likely the guy would not get a fair hearing because the judge would assume the police officer was doing their due diligence. And there really wouldn't be a way for them to defend themselves in the system. I agree with you 100%. Police officers up until this point have been honored and respected and people can trust what they're saying. But these laws are forcing them to do things that are unconstitutional and are now... Are, are, people are looking at them without that respect anymore. But that's what the leftists wants. If we have a collapse of our legal system, we have anarchy, and now we can work a little bit closer, getting closer to where the UN is our governing factor. And we have all those guys running, the guys and gals running around with the blue hard helmets with UN all over their vehicles and all, on their patches. Um, telling us what we can and can't do under a government that is unelected. The UN ambassadors and the president of the UN are not elected officials. And that that's what makes America great. Our officials, the people that we vote into office, are the people that the people want. Unfortunately, sometimes, like the as example of what we've got here in New Mexico, elections have consequences. And now the people of New Mexico are paying for it because we elected a whole bunch of leftists into office. But that it's not all their fault, though. It wasn't only them that elected people in the office. We know that those leftist county county clerks stole the elections for those leftists to take seat of those office. And with that, we are about the end of our show. I'm going to give you final thoughts and tell everyone where they can find you on social media so they can show you their support. Okay, my name is Joey Tiano. I'm running for State Senate District 39. It takes up a good por portion of six counties. Southern Santa Fe County, Western San Miguel County, most of Torrance County, most of Lincoln County, the east side of Valencia County, and one precinct in Bernalillo County. You can find me on Facebook at Joey Tiano for State Senate. You can also go to my webpage, which is joeytiano2020.com. And, or you can go to joeytiano2020 at gmail.com and send me, and send me, a, and send me a, an email if you have any, any uh, thing to, talk to me about. You can also make contributions on those sites. Also, I have uh, contribution um, links on there. And I'd be very, very appreciative if somebody, I, I've got, I've actually got about 13 people that live around the United States in Utah and Arizona and Chicago that have already contributed to my campaign. And I appreciate them on, um, saying, hey, we need um, leaders like you to run for office. And uh, I'm also on Twitter as Joey Tiano. And um, I'm, I'm just getting started on that and trying to uh, get my following there. Um, we, we as 
New Mexicans, we as Americans, we need to vote red. May you be a Democrat, an independent, or a Republican. Let's let's take back our rights to not be abused by leftists, communists in this in this country. So I would humbly ask those people who are in my district for their for their um, vote, and I'd humbly ask for any type of monetary support or if there are people out there that can give, you know, I don't know everything, um, you know, send me an email and give me some good ideas of what would make America, make America great again. And, you know, President Trump says we, our new motto is keep America great. Well, what we have is we've got a whole bunch of people out there. We have a whole bunch of people out there that have turned Trump's best economic system and employment system into trash again. So we've got another chance to make to make America great again. Uh, we got a chance to make New Mexico great. We haven't um, had a chance to. We're last in everything good and first in everything bad here in New Mexico. And the Democrat Party has been in power since 1930. Every once in a while, we've had a governor be able to take control. But what can a governor do other than limit the spending that the tax and spend bleeding heart Democrats did to us throughout those 90 years? Give us eight years, just eight years for the conservatives, may they be Democrat, um, independents or Republicans, to change New Mexico and make New Mexico great again, and also to keep us from being the worst in education, the worst in crime, and the bottom of the, uh, the bottom of the pack in everything good and, and at the top of everything bad. So I thank everybody for listening to, to us today. And you know, I'm not, I'm not the most articulate person in the world, but I know where, where my thoughts are, where my, where my Christianity and my morals are, and I would fight for people. And uh, my heart, I believe, is in the right place, and it's where I want to serve the people. It's not about, that's why I want term limits. It's not about the power of me staying in office and becoming rich and enriching myself. We can do this together. And hopefully we will all stand together and we can get people out there to vote red in 2020. Well, there you have it. Thank you for coming on, Joey. Everyone, check out Joey's pages. Joey Ciano for State Senate. Have a great evening. Thank you, Robert.